Hi, my name is Aisha McGowan, and this is Quick Brown Foxes, a podcast that seeks to answer the question of how to get more women of color into cycling by asking women of color how they got into cycling. Today, we'll be speaking with Judith Kasyama, founder of Color the Trails, a community for BIPOC and allies interested in the outdoors, based in Vancouver, Canada. Hi, my name is uh, Judith Kasiyama, and I am. Uh, I was born in Democratic Republic of um, of Congo, which is like in the Central Africa region, and then I'm currently residing on unceded territories of the Masquerium Salatooth um, Squamish Nation, which is presently known as Vancouver. Um, I go by pronouns she/her, and um, I'm the founder of Color the Trails. <laughs> Sweet. How did you get into cycling? <laughs> oh, it's actually an interesting <laughs> story. Um, yeah, um, I've been like, I feel like, you know, riding bikes and doing it had just kind of like I've done it living in Vancouver. Um, there's like a seawall. There's like, you know, a seafront where people cycle. And I would do that when friends were visiting um, Vancouver, you know, that was like a very touristy thing that we would do, but I never really like stayed on the bike much longer after that. So um, last year during the whole pandemic and everything being shut down, um, I got invited by a local um, business, a woman named Jacqueline who um, owns like a, a mountain biking kind of business where she invited us, like Color the Trails, where I have a day of intro to mountain biking, you know, for the whole day, just kind of learned the basic of mountain biking and stuff like that. And then that's where I kind of like got my, you know, interest in the sport because it was difficult. It was extremely difficult. Um, but then I like the difficulty of it. I like the mental game that it played with, as well as the physical aspect of things. Cause it was, I was very curious in terms of like, how do you figure this sport out? Um, it's something that I've never really done. Um, as well as like, I really didn't see cycling as something that I could do or afford to do, or, you know, for me, I just kind of, you know, use it for transportation here and there. And then that was much it. So I didn't really think like, you know, I can do a lifestyle based on that kind of, you know, getting into the cycling world. And, um, yeah, and then fell in love with mountain biking, um, through color, the trails, we created a mentorship program where we bring other people into it. And then just out of that began to really kind of figuring out and recognizing that I really enjoy cycling. So um, been cycling a little bit here and there. Um, there's shortages of bikes right now, so I can't get a bike, like a road bike or a gravel bike mostly uh, just because everything is sold out. But um, because I am um, working with Live Canada, so I am borrowing um a bike from them temporarily <laughs> until <laughs> I can I can get one. But on the other hand, I've been just doing a lot of mountain biking. Um, and that has been just kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's been a huge confidence booster. I think, you know, in when you're just you on a bike, there's just like something that brings out like this child look sense of play. And your outlook in the world is just a lot more different. And you just feel like in some ways, 
the time is kind of slowing down a little bit and you're pausing without pausing, <laughs> if that makes sense. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, I don't like, know. For just me, like surreal out of body. Like, how am I having this much fun kind of moments? Yeah, or like, how am I having so much fun? And then also like, how is my body able to like, you know, go long distance with that? Like feeling like it's going to burn out and like I'm not I'm tired but I'm not tired like I'm re-energized right so I just feel like there's like a great sense of energy that just like comes back to me as well as just like I don't know I begin to notice a lot more around me like the nature that I you know even though I'm involved a lot in the outdoors I hike backpack do all those things they're just like you know when you're riding a bike they're just something about how everything just kind of like you're going almost like in a slow motion kind of way where everything is just like you pay more attention to everything so for me it's just been one of those sports that has really allowed me to accomplish things that I didn't think I could accomplish but also face those fear and again remind me to like fall and to get back up and keep going like you know um and the fall is painful um, <laughs> um but I, I i've been told that the dirt is soft but i have not found it to be the case <laughs> yeah okay so let's let's take some steps back that was okay we've you've done a lot and you said you started this like a year ago like yeah, mountain ago. biking. Okay, yeah. that you. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> and before that, you would just ride when people came into town into Vancouver. Yes. So, did you have your own bike that you would ride with people? Did you rent a bike? Like, how did that work? I am. I mostly was renting a bike. Um. Yeah. Like a. I don't know. Like now, I look back, I was like, well, why did I just buy a bike? Um, it just like didn't really cross my mind. Um, and I was looking online trying to find something, but I just like didn't really could afford at that time. Um, I was also like a recent graduate, so really broke and basically just surviving. Um, so yeah, I was just like when friends visit, we would just rent a bike and then cycle around the city and then return the bike. And it would just be one of those things that like, you know, it was almost like a treat for myself, um, when friends visit, cause I wasn't doing it every single day. And, um, yeah. And that's just how I kind of like really operated just like rental. Um, and I'll be honest, like I spend more time on a mountain bike than I've ever ridden a bike my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> just in That's... the last year <laughs> so wait all right so you were renting these bikes but how did you learn to ride a bike did you learn on a rental or did you learn when you were small or how did that yeah. go um I learned when I was little it was actually like I was in um because my family moved around a lot I was in um San Jose California middle school and a friend of mine had a bike and basically like you know I borrowed that bike and kind of self-taught how to ride a bike but then I barely touched a bike after that um, because my family was moving around a lot. So it was just like we were in San Jose, California. And then after that, we moved to like um, New Haven, Connecticut. And then we were in Mount Vernon, New York. Um, and then like, you know, the, um, and then like Massachusetts, like North Andover area, just outside of Boston. So we were just constantly moving. So it just didn't really provide the opportunity to have a bike or think about a bike. 
Um, and then when we immigrated to Canada in 2010, um, even then, like I saw people cycling and stuff like that, but I just like from, a, I don't know what it is, just like in my mind, just didn't register, like I could purchase a bike or I can use it as a form of transportation or anything. It just never really clicked until I think later on in life, because like, you know, other places we live were predominantly white. So like for me, I would see, you know, white folks with their riding club doing that. So for me, I was like, oh, that's really expensive sport because everybody was all decked out with like really cool bikes. And I'm like, okay, that looks too intense for me. It looks so intimidating. So I just kind of like brushed it off. <laughs> yeah. So you, you saw like these groups where they like on road bikes doing group yeah. rides? Or... Yeah. Okay. Um, but did you ever see anybody doing mountain biking before you did the, the stuff with Color the trails. Uh, um, the trails. Think, yeah. Yeah. So like with mountain biking, um, I think it was, I met Brooklyn, um, like I think four years ago and we went backpacking and Brooklyn Bell, who is, you know, a mountain biker. So like I've seen, uh, I saw Brooklyn, you know, mountain biking. So there was already kind of like that. And then um, I am also really good friends at that. I was at also really good friends with the director of the North Shore Mountain Biking Association. So, and um, I spoke at one of their symposium regarding diversity and inclusion. So there was already kind of like an introductory to mountain biking and just being in Vancouver, most of our trails are shared with mountain bikers. So when I was like, you know, when I was on trails, I'll see like a lot of mountain bikers. And I was just like, for me, it just, again, it looked really intense and intimidating because like some of the features these people were writing were just like crazy and insane and I'm just like okay I think people have a death wish on them so I'll just kind of be like oh that's cool but then I was like yeah <laughs> no thank you <laughs> yeah I, I I agree I find mountain biking to look super intimidating um and I I, I find it pretty intimidating to do also but it does I don't know if it gets easier, but you get more confident over time. Yes. I'm still, yes. I still don't consider myself a mountain biker, but I do ride a mountain bike sometimes. <laughs> um, but um, I guess this is a good opportunity. You said you saw them on the trail. So when people think of color the trails, I guess a cyclist would assume that you're, you know, biking automatically. But how did that come about? How did you start color the trails? Why did you start color the trails? Mm -hmm. What is it? <laughs> Yeah, so I started Color the Trails actually about almost five years now. Um, I graduated from university and I was managing a coffee shop downtown Vancouver. And during that time, um, because sometimes it would be really slow, because um, mostly dependent on tourists. So when I'm on a slow time, I was reading a lot. Um, and then on the weekend, I will be going out hiking and just doing a lot of stuff in nature. And always like, you know, when there's new People that came into the shop who are like on a traveling holiday visa, I invite them to go hiking with me or, you know, I'll drag a lot of my friends to come hike with me. Um, they didn't really enjoy it, but they would just come because they knew something that I enjoyed. 
Um, and then um, I started to read, and then basically when I was hiking, I noticed there was a huge um, diversity of people in the outdoors. But then when I was going into stores, our local stores to purchase the gear that I needed for, you know, doing what I was doing, but I just didn't really, I didn't see any representation here at all. It would just be like white families camping or white friends, you know, hiking. There would just never be that kind of like inclusive in terms of, you know, really representing how diverse Canada is. There wasn't any of that. So, which I thought was very interesting. And I'm a history and international studies, um, gender study made like graduate. So I was like, this is interesting. Let me, you know, let me do a little research on this. So I just used, you know, the whole of 2016 after graduating, just like, you know, reading a lot of books. Um, I found out about you. I found out about Melanin Base Camp. I found out about all these other organizations that was out of the U.S. advocating for diversity and inclusion. But then when I was like trying to search for stuff in Canada, I just could not find anything that brought people together and um, introduced them to the outdoors or gave them opportunities to interact with each other. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, because like the black population in Vancouver, we're like 1% of the total population and we're very scattered all over um, the Metro Vancouver area. Uh, but we have a very good Facebook group. So I just posted in the Facebook group called Meanwhile Black in Vancouver and just be like, hey, folks, I enjoy hiking. I love the outdoors. Are there any other people in the community that enjoy doing this and want to do it with me? Um, and then, you know, I've got a bunch of people being like, yes, I love doing it. So I was like, OK, I'll facilitate hikes and then we can try to meet up once a week um because it was during the summer so we have really long days so we can go you know at 5 p.m after work and just go for a hike um just you know small little hikes around our local mountains and area so um yeah and that's where it kind of started um originally it was called black people hike vancouver but um and then i started getting a lot of messages from a lot of other communities really wanting to come and hike just because they will hear about it or they'll see like a little post I would do and people are just like, oh, like I really want to come. It looks like a very safe space. Are we welcome? And I kind of then did a rebranding and call it Color the Trails. It's just like a means of creating a safe space for the Black, Indigenous, and a lot of racialized communities who are, um, who are interested in the outdoors and most of us adults, I want to focus mostly on adults also because I find that in Canada, there's a lot of programs for youth. Um, there's a lot of program that's targeting youth, getting youth outside, but then there's nothing for anybody who's like 25 and above um, that really kind of introduce them to nature. And um, so then, yeah, Color the Trails is that. We do everything basic. We just do everything like intro to mountain biking where we work with certified guides to give people like, you know, you know, in instruction on how to ride a bike properly, how to be safe on trails. And we do like intro to kayaking, you know, how to be safe on the water. All those things are just very basic introductory courses. And then um, our hope is just to build confidence to people so that they can do it themselves or they can do it with their families. And then, um, and then from there, just kind of like have a really just kind of like a safe space where folks can come learn and not be, because um, one, a lot of people were saying they felt like almost embarrassed when they go try all these different things just because it's like new to them. Um, and then there's also this of not having the proper gear narrative that kind of pops up because 
being in Vancouver, everybody here are super athletic. It's almost like everybody here is a pro athlete and it's very intimidating to be in this space sometimes, um, especially as a beginner. So, um, and a lot of us are also immigrants. So like getting familiar with the geography of our area. So just us being able to provide those courses for folks allows them to come learn um, found a community because people actually use this space as a way of connecting with other people in the community. And then just seeing that beautiful friendship um, continue to flourish outside of Kalula Trails, whether folks continue to do a lot of our activities or they just come once and they're like, nah, this isn't for me. But for me, it's just like giving people opportunity to try something that they've never tried and not rely on the stereotype that we don't do X, Y, Z, but rather it's like, here's an opportunity, try it. And if you don't like it, at least you can say that you tried it, you didn't like it. And I think that's a better way of doing things rather than just um, saying that's not for me. And then just kind of closing that opportunity or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. I think um, I could relate a lot to that. I personally, like, it's weird because I'm an introvert, but I don't like doing things alone and I yeah. love activities. And the reason I ended up <laughs> doing the thing I'm doing is because of a clinic that was offered and they were like, hey, come check out um, track racing at the Velodrome and Casino in Queens, New York. And I was like, yeah, but I wanted to try this, but didn't want to do it by myself. And so I, um, with We Bike NYC, uh, which was a, a group, a women's empowerment group yeah. uh, in, in the city, they put together this ride to get to the velodrome. And so I tried track cycling and kind of the rest is history, I guess, but it's, you know, amazing just what, you know, opportunities, if you just create them, like mm -hmm. who will turn up and what will happen from that? Like exactly. that access is, is everything. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't see people group riding or riding bikes like that when I was a kid at all. Mm -hmm. um, it was just if people were riding a bike in my community, just kids being kids riding around mm -hmm. um, my suburb or whatever. Um, and I also lived in, in Boston for a bit and saw other sides of cycling and like learned about cyclocross, but still it felt so out of reach mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I actually got this offer of like, come try this thing, this isn't like a level that you can enter at and you don't have to be, you don't have to have all the things and, and know all the stuff already. Like that's, yeah. that's so inviting. And the other thing that I, that really resonated with me is this idea of like creating programming and, and workshops for adults, because here in America as well, it seems like there's a lot that, um, a lot of programs that target the youth and like youth programming, trying to do like build a bike programs and all of these other things. And it's just like, I mean, when I was, <laughs> a younger person, like early twenties, like I was super looking to get into things, meet friends, you know, mm -hmm. do whatever. And so that programming just was, be it was being created right around the time that I was that age. So that yeah. I felt, I feel very lucky in that sense where there were like other people and other women who were like, man, I want this too. And they created it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sometimes that's, you know, that's what you got to do. You, you have to be like, man, I, I want this for myself. I yep. bet there are other people who also want it. So let me just make it and see what happens. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's awesome. Like, I love, yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And I think like the extension of that too, is that um, we actually, you know, because I'm very research based. So I was like looking, especially during like lockdown, right? So there's a lot of youth program and during lockdown and with COVID and everything's going on, we noticed that a lot of youth 
who was doing all these programs with the organization couldn't continue to do those sports with their families because their families um, don't participate in it. Right. So then, you know, during COVID times, like, you know, kids couldn't go and be active in the same way that they used to be with all these programs. So the way Calder Trails is trying to do is introducing these sports and these activities to adults, you know, whether it's like their older cousin or some people come with their parents, like with their moms, um, just get, you know, other family members involved so that it becomes more sustainable so that they can do it as a family so that, you know, friend, my friend friends who are having kids um, now can put their kids on so that they do it as an activity as a family. Because I find like if it's just the kid being given the opportunity and the adults in those kids' life are not given the opportunity, I don't find that system sustainable because those kids can't pursue it after or lose value after the program is ended um, or they become of an age, they find other interests, it no longer becomes a core part of their life. But if it's something that you do as a family, um, I just think that it creates memory and it creates opportunity and it creates value um, in terms of like, this is something that we do as a family. So I think, you know, it goes deeper as, you know, we both want the sustainability element of it as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like a lot of like people and companies are always trying to figure out like, how do we get more kids and how do we get more, you know, people of color? And it's just like, you got to go for the moms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you can get the moms into it, you're, you're yeah. golden. Like, exactly. I think there's always this like search for activities for kids, like trying to figure out how to channel their energy because they have so much of it. And like, we generally go to this traditional route of like, oh, maybe we'll take dance classes or try like basketball or soccer or whatever. Um, even gymnastics is pretty normal, I guess, for people to mm -hmm. consider trying, but people don't necessarily consider cycling as like a youth act activity that you can do with your kids. And like, like there's so many like creations and inventions and like ways that people can ride as a family nowadays, yeah. with, like yeah. buggies and like, you know, ways to like put your like baby on the, on the front of the yeah. bike, you got cargo <laughs> bikes, you got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I, I also find that it makes more like aware, like street users in general, even if they don't grow up to be full on cyclists, like they just have a better awareness than kids who are just strapped into the car all the time and just mm -hmm, mm -hmm. get sh <laughs> shuttled from one place to the other. So it's, it's just really cool to like have that, that foundation of like, this is an activity that we do as the family, but not just an activity. Like this is just a thing, you know, this mm -hmm. is, this is just like walking or like, you know, like going to the movies or like whatever people do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really, have, I don't have kids, but like, I, I imagine that yeah. you do kind of do things regularly and to see, um, like it, I just love it when I see families like incorporating cycling into their everyday lives. And I don't think that means you have to give up your car and you have to like <laughs> do all no. these things yeah. to like become a pure cyclist or whatever that means or looks like to you. I think there's a way that you can balance and do both. And, yeah. Yeah. Biking so, you know, yeah. with the kids to school. If that's something, you know, if you live close by, you can cycle to school, you know, yeah. just around the neighborhood. You can learn to do tricks on the bikes. Like those, I'm always impressed uh -huh. with doing all these wheelies and I'm like, you go. Yeah, kids I are try, fearless. I <laughs> wheel up. It's pretty great. Yeah. So yeah. So I think you also had like a, a untraditional entry. Like I don't know what a traditional entry is to be honest, but like 
you were kind of established as an outdoor person before you got into the bike scene. And mm-hmm. so did you find did you find that that made it any easier? Like, unfortunately, you jumped in during the pandemic, which meant that there are no bikes for you yeah. um, to purchase or to acquire. Um, but do you find that that it's a little bit easier with resources available to you? Or like, what has that experience been like? Yeah, I think because, as you said, like, I was already of known as an activist um, within like the Vancouver area and within Canada. So um, in some ways it did make it a little bit easier because, um, and the thing about me is like, I don't never want to be the center of any story or anything. For me, I just wanted other people to experience the joy. And for me, it was about bringing community together, especially during COVID where I just felt like all of us were super isolated, dealing with a lot of depression and can't really hang out with friends. So it's like the only safe way, um, thankfully with our health minister was saying, was the only safe way is to be active outside, um, to you know, really encourage people to be outside. So we call it the trails. Um, it made it a little easier to gain a lot of support from major brands um, in terms of like really supporting the community to be outside. So our first year with our mom biking, like, you know, we, um, this woman, Jacqueline, she offered, you know, her coaches, her time. So we brought 32 people to learn to ride mountain bike. Um, you know, we did a morning session and an afternoon session, and it was like people just had a lot of fun, like grand time. And then afterwards, people were like, how do I get involved in this? So that's why I was like, okay, I guess we need to create a mentorship program. Um, so put out the application. Um, first year, only seven people applied, and I was like, okay, that's that's a little that's a good number to work with. <laughs> um, so you know, seven folks um, applied, and thankfully, with this business, um, they were able to support us by like renting us bikes at a very low cost um, for the day, um, just to kind of create that barrier, uh, that access. I mean. And then another brand reached out with all the protective gear. And then another brand reached out to support our community with helmets. And I was like, you know what? That is great because it's a whole package that you kind of need. And it's very expensive to start. So, um, yeah, so we got all those seven folks, you know, dressed for the sport with the access to a bike. And then in the meantime, me and the woman, Jacqueline, continued to work and figure out how to get bikes to them. So then we came up with a program because she already had her fleet of bike coming um, that she had pre-ordered and everything. So she's like, you know what? If people want to purchase a bike, they can. We can do like a rent-to-own program where people can just pay kind of like a lease a, lease a bike out so they're not paying full front um, the cost. And then um, they just pay monthly. And then when their bike arrives, they can have it and then continue to play it play until you know the September of the following year so I was like okay cool so we put that offer out on the table for folks folks definitely took it in and it was really cool to see like um like everybody all seven people ended up purchasing a bike um and for them they were like I love this sport I love what it's offering me the community the thrill the excitement of learning a new activity so they all saved up and got a bike and it was just like really wonderful to work with some of this brand to like really create that access um for folks and um because I think sometimes in this space 
you know, I can accumulate all this stuff. But for me, I was like, no, we need to work in a way so that to bring everybody with us. I was like, it's a lot of fun if everybody has their own bike. Now I have seven people I can go ride bike with. I can call up and be like, let's ride. And for a lot of people, it was life changing because it was like something that they've always wanted to do, but didn't even know how. And every time they saw the prices of those bikes, they're like, it's so expensive. I cannot handle this much money. But because we created in a way that really kind of does bring affordability to folks, um, really did support us um, to be able to get those bikes. But also, thankfully, for the connection that I had with those brands who see my work and see the importance of my work and me bringing a whole community together into that space made it a little bit easier to access things um, during the whole pandemic. Um, and then I think also for me, as somebody, I show people, I was like, hey, like within social media, also document my learning with the, you know, mountain biking. And people saw that and also encourage other people um, from all different lived experience to go find a bike and try mountain biking. Um, it's actually interesting, like sometimes in our local trails, I'll be right, we'll be riding as a community from Color the Trails. And then people will stop and be like, oh, I got into mountain biking because like I've been watching you want <laughs> to mountain bike. It looks so much fun. So I went and found a bike like on Craigslist and I'm practicing. And for me, I was just like, that is just like really inspiring to see how, you know, not just me, but the entire community, you know, of folks who are within Color the Trails, how they're also inspiring other people to go out and try something new, something they've never tried before. So <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's I feel like, you know, when I started this podcast, which I don't even remember when now it's been a couple of years since. Um, like I was talking to like Brooklyn Bell and like other people who are kind of getting into it themselves and for yeah. you to like cite them as the experience, like as the inspiration for, for you to, to take this on and, and learn and, and do more like in a couple of years, not, not even a couple of years, even already, like people are looking at you that same way. Like that, how does that feel? That has to be awesome to know um, that like- I'm very, I'm an <laughs> introvert as well. So I'm always <laughs> recognize me I'm like no no it's not me but for me I think that's what you know the importance of representation is right it's like having that representation you know um I can think about Chelsea Murphy and her daughter her two daughters you know she called the nature who are growing up now to see such badass um black women in this space like where would that you know them having seen all of us in this space and you know, seeing Brooklyn's film or seeing, you know, um, all these films where there's beautiful, amazing black women doing really cool things. Like I can only imagine what the future looks for them. The future is limitless, right? So for me, it's just being like, how do I be an inspiration to other people so that we can all begin to really reevaluate how we're living our life and how we're supporting each other and community and how we're problem solving. You know, um, I think, within my international development studies, one thing I learned is like, um, you know, there's a thing the same, especially because I studied mostly in Africa, is like, there's a, a way of thought that comes out of Pan-Africanism is African solution for African problems, meaning it has to be local. Like us, we have to solve issues within our own community, find solution for our own community. And it's us who are going to do that, not like people from the outside coming in and trying to solve 
you know, they can be our supporters, they can be our allies, they can give us the resource that they have that we may not have. But I think at the end of the day, we know our own community really well. We know their need and we know how to support them. So just having those resources being given to us to like solve our own problem, I think it's like the best way moving forward. And for me, I also found the best way is also like getting more women or women identifying folks or even queer folks into that space because like I find they're coming. Like Color Literacy is open to all, but I rarely see men showing up, which is really interesting. So I'm like, this is something I need to study a little further. I'm like, as to why men aren't coming. Like some, <laughs> some of them come and then they don't come back after. Um, slowly we're getting a few men kind of coming into our programs, but noticing that the majority of people are coming who are women and international development we we study like you know if you want anything to change especially in sustainable development you need to get women involved because they're the one who share the knowledge and the love and everything mm -hmm. the whole community so i was like well i you know <laughs> i need to get more women in but i was like okay it's a real also really interesting that um men aren't showing up in the same way as women are showing up or continuing so it's just been a very learning process i think for myself as well to be like okay there's just still like a lot more i have to learn and a lot more way i need to figure out how to be better in terms of like even be more inclusive and what that even means and how do i go about it because i think sometimes when you're in a public eye everybody expects you to fix everything and i was like i can't uh -huh. this is what we need everybody to do their part so it doesn't just fall on me it's a lot of burden and it's stressful and it's you know anxiety sometimes it's like you know questioning am i even doing it right you know <laughs> so i think you're doing a great job it's been really <laughs> awesome to see from afar um so I have two things, but first I'm going to ask you, you keep mentioning Jacqueline and yeah. um, how they were very helpful during like the establishment of the mountain bike program. Mm -hmm. um, did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? Are they a bike shop owner? Like what is that dynamic yeah. look like? Because you also mentioned like, also are they are they a person of color? Like you yeah. mentioned, yeah. we know our own community <laughs> and people can offer their resources, but you know, yeah. all of that. So what does that yeah. look like? Yeah, so Jacqueline is Australian who moved to Canada 10 years ago, I believe. Um, yeah, so she's a, she raced a mountain biking pro elite for a couple of years and then retired and owns her own kind of mountain biking guiding training shop. So um, she rents out bikes, but she also trains people one-on-one. -on -one um or groups of people um to get into mountain biking so she has a lot of knowledge so she had reached out to me um back i think in the spring of last year um and just being like hey i spent a lot of time just like for the past couple you know since i've been in canada i spent most of my time you know training people and then did mountain biking and then got she focused a lot on getting women um women here in the North Shore into mountain biking, like creating a lot of programs for women to really get riding because um, most of the mountain biking is still very bro. Um, so she got a lot of mountain bike and then she reached out to me. She's like, I want to figure out how we can work together. Cause she's like, I also, you know, um, and I want to work with you to get your community and get more folks of color out into mountain biking because it's such a great sport. I love the sport. I just want to share my love of the sport with you. 
um, and your community, just like, you know, let me know what you need. Here's what I have and let's work together. So, and that's where it honestly came about us working together in creating that um, mentorship program. And um, through her business, she offers, um, she gives us, she supports us a lot by like, you know, giving us with, with our, all of our mentees um, after they kind of ride during the fall terrible season in the springtime, we do a five weeks clinic um, basically to help people with their cornering, their climbing, their technical descent, all these like different aspects of mountain biking that you need. Um, we get the coaching through her coaches and it's just been such a wonderful experience to work with her um, and um, partner with her to a point where now we're sort of like business partners. Um, we've started a race team together um, where right now we're doing uh, training for it, where a bunch of Color the Trolls folks and other folks in the community are part of our mountain biking um, race team. And are you gonna race? Yeah, I'm gonna race. Heck yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I'm nervous. It's either enduro downhill, most likely enduro. That's more like my. I like to torture myself with uphill climbs, and why not? So, um, yeah, so it's just being honestly this person of an ally who um, just, you know, doesn't tell me what to do, but rather offers her connection, offers her um, her knowledge and shares that with me and the community. And we've just kind of built this really lasting kind of friendship. And it's just like, really, and she's also my mentor. So when I go writing, I go writing with her and she's so good. And I think that's how I've been able to progress so fast as a writer, because having somebody who's just like giving, you know, so much of her time also to just kind of get me even comfortable to what, but um, writing to a point now, like I'm, I've joined her kind of like pro writing group where they go and do very tough terrain. I went once and I was like, holy, this is a whole now level of writing but she's like ah you got this kind of thing <laughs> so yeah just like that relationship and i think um you know it would be very difficult for me to kind of run this on my own by kind of having somebody who already has um has the knowledge has the access to all these brands in the biking industry and can push my name forward and color the trails name forward has made it a lot lot easier for us um to be able to create this program and introduce, you know, um, biking to a lot more people. So when we put out application this, this past spring, 50 people applied compared to the seven last year. And because of shortage of biking. That's a world of difference. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we can only accommodate 12, but I think once the whole biking industry kind of goes back to normal, we can accommodate a lot more people because we're working with, um, a brand that's like really wanting to support us, but also doesn't have the bikes right now. So we're just kind of fixing, you know, things that we need to improve within our program. Um, so that once more bikes are available, we can bring more people into the sport. And hopefully, you know, we begin to get more, especially here in Vancouver, to get more folks of color racing because it's very white and predominantly white who are racing. So, and just even getting into racing, nobody knows how, but because of this um, race team that we're creating, that knowledge is again, being passed into our community because that knowledge was never coming into our community. We didn't even know, you know, because if, 
if you would have asked me a few years ago, like getting into like racing, I'd be like, how do I start? What is it? X, Y, Z. But through this program, we're just really working with folks with strength training, but also getting them the gear that they needed and all that. Sweet. And then I'm going to let you go soon. You've already given us so much, so much like just of your wonderfulness, but um, I was introduced to I don't remember how I was introduced to you, but I I know that I like finally understood what it was that you were doing because of your films. There's all of these Color the Trails films that are so beautifully made and document the, like a few of the different activities that you guys have done and like opportunities that you've provided to your community. And it's just awesome. Like it's so nice to see all of these like people of color, black people, like was it like ice climbing and yeah. like rollerblading? And it was like, what is this? This is amazing. Like, where is this in my community? I want it. I want to do it. Can I get to Canada and try this? Um, but my question is, um, were you documenting from the beginning? And if so, like, did you already have access to these resources? Did you have to find them? Do you just happen to have a friend who's like a, an amazing videographer? Like, how did you manage to create this like beautiful documentation of these experiences that now like instead of just sharing it with the people who were present you get to share it with everybody who has access to the internet you know like that it's awesome <laughs> yeah um we were documenting but we were doing mostly photos and then um when we did the intro mom biking i was like we need to do a video like my partner who like also works with color the trails and does all it and photo was like we were both talking we're like okay we need to get a video of this um to document all of our activities because i found that um oftentimes when you watch somebody do something you're like oh they're a pro they know what they're doing right and then so with color the trails when we've decided to document all of our activities it's people in the community who've never done this testifying and sharing like their experience. And we found it was a really great way to like really encourage other members of community to come and show up um, because it, it eliminated this like kind of like, oh, it's scary or those are pros, but rather like, oh, that's my friend who's like ice climbing, who's never ice climbed before. That's my friend who is like mountain biking or skiing or doing all those different things. Um, in terms of like the videographer, I, I knew the videographer that we work with. His name is Steve Tan. Um, he did a project with me like a couple of years back. And then we were looking for a videographer. Somebody kind of promised and they just weren't really communicating clearly. And then I reached out to Steve and I was like, hey, Steve, we're doing this. Can you come? And um, <clears throat> he's a great videographer because like he knows how to get he knows how to get people to like just be themselves on camera, which I think it's so important. And that's why I tell you like it's representation. Um, Steve is of an um, Chinese descent and um, just really great with people. And when our, you know, when he's involved with the community, everybody just like loves him because he's just like such a fun individual. But he's also able to like really ask questions and get really good answers and like this really funny moments. Um, and us putting it out there has really made a difference in terms of people feeling like they can come into that space and learn. And for me also, I've noticed that there wasn't that many 
films showcasing BIPOCs in the outdoors. Um, there just wasn't anything. There was just like, you know, because I also do a film festival where I try to circulate films to kind of show my community during Black History Month, Black Excellence. What is, what's unfold. that called? Um, so we have two shows. We have one that we work with the VIMF, the Vancouver um, International Mount Film Festival called Color the Trail Show. And then the one that Color the Trails puts itself, it's called Black, um, Like Me Film Festival, which is like a five-part film festivals that looks at the intersectional identity of a lot of uh, marginalized communities. So um, we have Black Like Me that launches in um, in February for Black uh, for Black History Month. So Black Like Me, our door edition. Indigenous Like Me, our door edition. Queer Like Me, our door edition. Fat Like Me, our door edition. And Disabled Like Me, our door edition. So that's going to go throughout the year. Um, basically, we invite members from each of those communities to kind of share their lived experience. And then we celebrate their excellence in the outdoors. So putting those films together really has, I think, boosted everybody's confidence um, for people to learn um, and to see that representation um, and really does inspire them to go and find what their sport is or what they're interested in and then pursue it wholeheartedly. So that's just like what I want to do. I just want to encourage and, you know, share with our community that like, you know, there are, you know, there are things, there are spaces that's really, we haven't really been in and there's opportunity in that. And you can come learn new activity, move your body it's good for your psyche it's good for just movement and just and it's also great to find a community and you know vancouver is a very hard place to meet people it's a very lonely city sadly and um so it's just like a way of us really having color the trails is a way of really kind of coming in and finding that community and doing fun things with that community i like to say i'm selfish because i want more people to do things that i like <laughs> so i can drag them along on my crazy adventures <laughs> i mean that's what this is all about right like <laughs> i'm an introvert but i don't like doing things along exactly. alone so it's like come do this with me it's fun i promise yeah. <laughs> okay all right so to wrap up is there anything, um, if you could just, one thing that you want to share with anyone who's listening, maybe somebody who identifies the same way that you do, um, or what would you tell them? I would tell them that community starts with an invitation. So um, whether you're receiving that invitation or giving that invitation, I think it's just really cool to invite people into the things that make us happy, that brings us joy and share that joy with them. And and somebody invites you to do some, you know, insane bike ride, say yes, because you just don't know what the opportunity that comes out of it, but also the fun that comes out of it. So yeah, that's what I'm just gonna say. Community starts with an invitation. <laughs> it sounds like a great message to me and I completely agree. Thank you so much for your time. This was fantastic. I have thoroughly enjoyed it and I'm sure the listeners will as well. Um, I will let them know how to find you uh, in the ending credits and how to find all of your fantastic work. And I just, I hope you're as proud of yourself as your community is of you and as I, as I am of you because you're doing great Thank things you. and it's really awesome. Um, Thank you. So yeah, thanks so much. Thanks. <laughs> Bicycle, 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 bicycle race.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Quick Brown Foxes. For more information on Judith, you can visit her on Instagram at J-U-J-U-M-I-L. And for more on Color the Trails, you can find them at C-O-L-O-U-R-T-H-E-T-R-A-I-L-S. You can find me at I Suppose, A-Y-E-S-U-P-P-O-S-E. For all things A Quick Brown Fox, please visit aquickbrownfox.com where you can find more information on how to join Do Better Together, an app-based virtual activity series where you can work together with like-minded individuals to achieve your goals, whatever they may be. As always, a huge thank you to Live Cycling, SRAM, Bike Flights, Spot, Carmichael Training Systems, and Diaspora Kitchen. And last but certainly not least, This is made so possible by all of the support from my lovely patrons. If you would like to become one of them, you can do so at patreon.com slash aquickbrownfox. And join the likes of Jay Thomas, Adriel Harris, Anna Schwinn, Barbara Burlington, Meg Descombs, Robert Roll, Tonsa Price Edwards, Arika, Allison MacArthur, Amy Ungiri, Andrea Roloffs, Anne Galen, or Galleon, Ashley Von Edge, Beatrice Apple, Brad Evans, Carolyn Romaine, Derek Pearson, Elizabeth Reincourt, Jonah Davis, Kelsey Cohan, Louis Hodge, Margaret Smitty, Marnie Aness, or Anise, Megan C. McGenty and Alex Breedy, or Breed, (laughs) Meredith Nielsen, Patch Highland, Puma 43, Roland Hilgarth, Spencer Madison, Stephanie Becker, Tina Hart, Amy Kay, Andrew Lale, Anna DeMont, Benil, Benil Tompkins, Cat C, Crystal J, Christina, Ella Green, Aaron Ayala, Esther Lexchin, Flora, Haley Nielsen, Irene Sean Mullen, Jennifer Mosley, Jess Strangeward, Jesse Orman, Jonathan Biddle, Jonathan Matz, Karen Brooks, Lauren Lauren Thomas, Leanne Evanson, Leslie Kemmeyer, Lillian Kuhl, Liz Petit, Lucia D, Mark Hunter, Matt Carrick, Michael Burns, Michelle Smith, Nicholas Forden, Paige Chase, Patrick Smith, Rachel da- Rachel Jacobson, Ralph Perry, Reneem Lampel or Lample, Rosie Jacobson, Sarah Bowman, Sarah Williams, Tom Probert, Troy Casper, Ursula, Vladimir Vince, Brian Jascott, David, Frank Spanillo or Spanillo. Kat Sweet, Kelly D, Kelly Shepard, Ken McLeod, Carrie Lloyd, Chris, Christiana E, Lauren Zimmer, LC, Margaret Wallace, Rachel Olzer, Rad Bike Adventure, Sandra Walter, Spindrift Podcast, Stay Kind, Stephen Landis, and Tariq Saleh. Thank you all so much. Catch you next time.